At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Check one, two, you got it. He's rolling. <clears throat> well, now this is ready. All for Pete's sake. For Pete's frish's sake. Get him in here and fix this. Well, he needs a wall. I need it. Well, the wall got went. Got no wall, bro. Are we rolling? Yep, go ahead. Seriously? Go yeah. Ahead. This will all be all edited out, I'm sure. Non-destructive <laughs> testing. Right? Yeah. You're on. <laughs> And go. This is Garage Logic Podcast number 58. Already? Yeah. December 6, 2018. It was 19 below on this day in 1972, but it was as warm as 63 degrees oh. in 1939. I was not here. This is all, neither was I. This is all brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. It's just in from emailer Mike. Yep. 2011. 50 Shades of Grey sold 125 million copies. Okay. 2018. Baby, it's cold outside, found to be offensive. Isn't that something? Oh, that's an interesting statistic, Isn't yes. Isn't that something? Yeah. What did you... Uh, yes. Uh, look, the chase. Did, yeah, that's right. I called it the chase. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. What you read? When I had, I had to superimpose another book oh inside God. that, so I, I love that story so much. <clears throat> yeah, you know, there's something going on out there we don't know anything about. Okay, a lot. Well, the markets, uh, the market is uh, tanking. Oof. Oof. As of the recording of this podcast, it's down four hundred seventy dollars or four hundred seventy points for today. Uh, the conflict between the U.S. and China over trade. You know, I'm going to save this till I can find somebody that can explain this to me. The, uh, yeah, don't look at me. Well, I'm not. Uh, the arrest of a top executive at, Ch- at Chinese tech giant Huawei. Who are we? Yeah, who are who you? Are who are we? you? At, the, at the request of the U.S. government has angered Beijing, alarmed investors, and raised new doubts about the fragile truce that the leaders of the world's top two economies reached just days ago. I'm going to set that aside. You know what I'm going to do? Uh the uh, people at the American Heritage Foundation have invited me to uh, take advantage of their roster of uh, experts on things. We got a ton of feedback from having uh, Stephen on yesterday. And either it's him I'll turn to again, or I will get I will email my new friend at the Heritage Foundation, Corrine. Ah, Corrine. And say, I need an expert to explain to— uh, We need a guy. We need a guy or a gal. Or a gal. Or a gal, gal can be a guy. To explain to the residents of Gumption <laughs> County, what the hell is going on out there? Mm-hmm. See, it's, it's days like today where I subscribe to the theory of, you can't take it with you. Right. We're rolling the dice. Or, like me, somebody else has got it. Right. Somebody has mine. <laughs> somebody else has mine because I never got it. 
Well, you know, I, I, I've grown weary of lecturing you about this. I've, I've tried to yep. be helpful all, for— All the time. For 30 years, I've tried to be helpful. Yep. Damn near 30 years. Pretty close. And you just continue to ignore me. Yep. You just don't have any time for your old friend Joe, do you? Talk to the hand. Your glasses are crooked. Wealth is not how much money you save. It's what? It's, it's about uh, time. It's about to go no. down. Wealth is, it is not about time. how much money. It's how long. It's how long you save something. And yeah. you, you've ignored me. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm glad it doesn't upset you, though. <laughs> well, you know, I'm done being upset by it. Yeah, you don't. Uh, and, and let's. I've tried. Let's let's be truthful. You've you've given up. You haven't. Yeah. It's, it's not a daily thing when you say, you know, you got to put that stuff away. See, there is pushback <clears throat> on baby. It's cold outside. Please tell me. I As don't know. There this. should be. Well, I was reading an NPR story of all sources. Okay. Uh, that would seem to have to fit their template that they could institutionally they could find the song problematic, mm-hmm. uh, but to their credit, they they printed this story. Uh, the Me Too era uh, and the Yuletide season uh, are finding radio stations pulling the plug on that holiday. Uh, they call it a holiday earworm with lyrics that to some ring date rape warning bells rather than evoking innocent snowbound flirtation. That's because it's been power washed. Right. To me, I'm still holding on to It was innocent me. snowbound flirtation. Yes, that's but it's what been I'm... Poor, poor, Power wash to even involve drugs. Isn't that something? Yeah. Well, in any event, uh, with uh, the tune, Baby, It's Cold Outside, with words that seem charming when FDR was in office, may land with a tone-deaf thud on the ears of today's listener. I don't know who wrote. Amy Held wrote this for NPR. Mm. So so this is an NPR story, right? Uh, But that would really fit their template, that this would be a problematic song. Uh, But the stations banning the song have been met with controversy. All right. Okay. Uh, the uh, call and response duet has a. We know the. We know what the song. Cleveland's WDOK uh, put its foot down. We talked about them the other day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, uh, we have something here. Brian Figula, program director of KOIT, saw the headlines and determined the song would have no place at his San Francisco station. He banned it Monday. Oh, aren't you a hero? But he told NPR that he had no idea of the tornado he would face. Hundreds of emails demanding the song be put back in rotation. More than 10 times the number of requests he said he fielded asking him to yank it. People are unbelievably passionate about their Christmas music. It's the one thing you can't mess with, Figula said, adding that listeners rely on it to reminisce about the good old days when life was easy and simple. Well, they really weren't. Uh, uh, How far back do you want to go? uh, Here's something called a feminist defense of the lyrics. uh, Points out that when they were written, a woman with a reputation had to protest a man's advances. Why? See, every paragraph of this story, or any story written about the song today, Mm -hmm. is written in the context of it having been power washed. Right. Every paragraph of this story, uh, Shakespeare would call this murdering to dissect. In other words, it's completely overanalyzed, completely overanalyzed as the result of it having been power washed. And so people are taking it for that as gospel now. Uh, furthering the ambiguity, KOSI in Denver, here, here comes the pushback part, has done an about-face, first banning the song on Monday, then opening up a poll 
To put the decision to listeners, the results were unequivocal. The vast majority of the 15,000 respondents demanded the song's return. Here, here. While we are sensitive to those who may be upset by some of the lyrics, bleep you if you're upset. Yeah, tough right. bounce. Uh, the majority of our listeners have expressed their interpretation of the song to be non-offensive, Pro- program director Jim Lawson said in a statement. Uh, in San Francisco, KOIT is also now reconsidering its decision and may bring the song back, depending on the results of its own poll. Listeners have until December 10 to decide. You know, if if I was in charge of a radio station in this market, I think it's just cool, right? Cool and wait's the only one that plays Christmas I have, music I, I around the know. clock. I yes, I'm texting Adam if, Abrams right now to if, find out. If I was in charge of one of those stations that ran Christmas music from yeah. December 1st on. I'd play this one once in a 24 hour. hours a day. <laughs> I, I would just yeah. just to because you would become then the focal point of of all of the pro uh, pushbackers. R- Rook, who are you texting? Double A, Adam Abrams. Who's that? Our buddy. He does. Uh, he works at Cool One Hundred Eight. Works he at else, Cool One Hundred Eight. Do PA, I know him? Yeah, PA yeah. for the Wild and for the oh, Adams. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Yeah, you lost me for a moment. Sorry. No, he works. Uh, he does weekends at Cool One Hundred Eight. Okay. Well. Voice tracking in his underwear. Right, in his basement. Right. Nicest studio ever, by the way. All right. Uh, Just let me see what this is. Wouldn't that be the life, Rook? Yeah. Doing the show in your grunders? We could. The podcast. I mean, we could go down to the new podcast office and just show up in our... our, uh, (laughs) Duluth trading underwears. You know, I'm I'm going to boast for a moment. They're building us a hell of a studio. It's really cool. Why does it need 48 televisions? Well, I'm... The powers that be have told me those are going to be for marketing purposes. In other words, when we'll have a big guest on, um, say John Sanford, whoever, yeah, we'll be able to put his book on those screens, so that way it can be cu- used <laughs> so for market. So it can be used for marketing purposes when we take photos and whatnot. Oh, it's yeah, because really, the podcast there's going to be a lot of photos too. By the way, are, are you? Uh, establishing uh, artist in resident uh, Greg Holcomb's work as fast as he's supplying it? Yes. In fact, uh, he was he was going to get it to me. He's ex- we have the only illustrated podcast in the world. He was going to get it to me earlier today. He fell a bit behind, and I had some things come up. So I'm going to get it posted before this show is available to the listener today. So as as you're hearing this, you'll be able to go to the garagelogic.com website, go to Features, and then it'll come up, GL Comics. Click on that, and you'll see the latest Greg Holcomb work. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is on tonight. It is? Did you hear that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I knew what was going on. Charlie Brown Christmas is on tonight. Huh? Now, that that went through its period of attempting to be power washed, didn't it? Yes. But it survived. Well, even initially, Charles M. Schultz was pressed by management to was it initially CBS? Yes, it always has been, I believe. I think. Yeah, and Schultz said essentially, uh, "Go put it where the sun don't right. shine." The this is, is what this is what we're going to have. Right. And it was directly when he quotes, I think Luke. Yeah. Uh, when Linus does, he says, "No, it stays, or you don't have a special." But this must terrify the Mysterians that this this continues to be such a widely popular children's special on on TV every year at this time. Mm-hmm. Must just terrify them. Because they can't do anything about it. It somehow triumphed over that, well, which is, I guess, a great ray of hope, isn't it? Yeah, let's pay attention in the news here now, which we do already, but to see if this comes out or if this is uh, uh, 
currently and, broken down again. And in fact— I don't think it will be. My point is it went through that already. It's been through that uh, tunnel of horrors, and it, it, it has emerged unscathed. I'm trying to so find far. it, but a listener sent us a photo of the, the table— the, in the Charlie Brown Christmas. Thanks. Uh, oh, the Christmas. No, no, the Christmas. The oh. Christmas one, not Thanksgiving. And Franklin Where's is Franklin. He's in the group. They're all together. Is it a round table? Yeah, it's well, it's almost set up like the the Rockefeller, the great Rockefeller photo, right? Isn't it Rockefeller? What? Where they sit on the table and maybe drop a couple coins <laughs> in there. I don't know what what he's talking about with Rockefeller family photos. I'm going to come back and do an email segment if you don't mind. If you don't mind. Oh, absolutely I don't mind. Rockefeller. He doesn't take meetings and doesn't have people. He doesn't hunt and he doesn't journal. Here's Joe Suchere. Norman Rockwell. Norman Rock, Rockwell. He got Rockefeller out of there. Yeah, right. you know, close enough. Norman Fell. <laughs> uh, Scott writes, the salon members do not read history. In the late 1700s and early 1800s, an English economist named Robert Malthus was preaching doom and gloom for the planet. His Malthusian theory stated the population of the earth grows exponentially while food production grows literally. The fact led him to believe that the earth would run out of food for humans and that humans faced a future of misery. As with the experts today, he made his predictions based on a static earth with no thought to technological changes. The steel plow, mechanical planters and harvesters, modern fertilizers, hybrid seeds, irrigation, and heaven only knows what else has become the fact today that has humans producing food at record levels. Technological change has been and will continue to be the true fact in humankind's existence. I believe that we will adapt to whatever circumstances we encounter and will find ways to mitigate change with technology we have not even dreamt about. Uh, Good luck. Scott Woolery, P.S. I listen to your podcast down in Tennessee while we hide from the Minnesota winters each year. Mm. Having just gotten down here for the season, I'm finding it humorous that I'm getting ads for the Hoosier Lottery while listening. Huh? Yep. So they're plugging in ads no matter where we are in the country. Well, when you're popular, uh, people tune in and listen. And uh, and you have raised some eyebrows with the podcast. Really? Yep. <clears throat> podcast One loves you. Really? Yes. Really? Uh, Joe, I like most patriotic Americans. Got a lump in my throat watching Bob Dole stand to salute the flag-draped coffin of George H.W. Bush. It reminded me of a picture that was taken back in September of '09. When my father, also a World War II vet, was part of the first honor flights from central Minnesota that paid tribute to vets by taking them to Washington to visit the World War II memorial. Bob Dole met those vets from Minnesota in a picture of him bending down to greet my dad, who was in a wheelchair. For a brief moment, uh, a dirt farmer from central Minnesota and a former U.S. senator and presidential candidate had something in common. They were both willing to give a portion of the best part of their lives for something they believed in very strongly— They loved our country more than any of us will ever know. Truly a great generation. We lost my dad in September this past year. He was 95. To honor him, my brothers and I will erect a new flagpole in the small community cemetery where he and mom rest along with my grandfather, a World War I vet, and two uncles, one who landed on Normandy and the other who spent the winter of 1944 in the Black Forest. As per dad's request, we will raise the flag that draped his coffin on the new flagpole. He told us that flags are meant to be flown, not stored in a box on a shelf. 
And that flag goes up the pole. As that flag goes up the pole, I will think of Bob Dole, Dad, my grandfather, uncles, and all those who sacrificed so much so we get to live in this great country and undoubtedly get a major lump in my throat again. For your information, the left-handed salute that Senator Dole gave H.W. was his good hand and not the one that was wounded. If you look at the video closely, you will see his right hand, very badly deformed, tucked closely to his side. I would suppose that his left hand is somewhat deformed as a result of age and arthritis. Yeah, Love 95. the podcast, Doug Thompson. All right. Wow. Uh, this guy, I got some trouble here. Uh, Dave Jones in Minden, Nevada. Okay. I'm afraid I'm turning in my card as a 21st. No. Why? I have He's thought not this, a normal person, I then. have thought this out very carefully, and I cannot agree that the solstices and equinoxes mark the end of the seasons. I have found that the apex of a season occurs on the 21st. That means the season actually begins on the 7th, approximately a month and a half prior to the solstice or the equinox. Yes, that does mean I have now officially become a seventher. I invite a ruling on this. <laughs> of course, I will humbly accept the correction, but I do believe I am right on this issue. Army of one. Faithfully, Dave Jones, Minden, Nevada. No, Dave, uh, you're missing the point. The days do get longer on the equinoxes and shorter on the equinoxes. And all 21sters are trying to do is delude themselves that we're coming out of darkness and heading into spring. Right. right. And speaking of that. Yeah. Speaking of the 21st. Yeah. We oh. should make mention quick. That's uh, the day at Summit. Huh? We're going to be at Summit Brewery. Uh, you have the chance to hang out with us for the first ever on-site Garage Logic podcast. Uh, if you win, you will get a free pint from Summit. You'll get a sample of their brand new Summit 21 that they're brewing in concert with mm. you 21sters and GL. And you get a Summit four-pack. So you, Summit's Pretty really rolling off the you know red carpet. You know who said he was going to be there? Who? Our buddy Moeller. Yes. Oh, good. And all of the people that are there on site will register for a chance to win a $500 gift certificate to RF Moeller, and another person's going to win a $500 gift certificate to Fratelloni's Ace Harbor and Garden Stores. Damn, two good stores. So if you're a normal person like the rest of us, you can use that 500 bucks for a snowblower, or if you're a weirdo like Joe, you can buy a lawnmower. In the meantime, RF Moeller Jeweler is hosting a great John Hardy Design Showcase event on Friday, this Friday, that's tomorrow, December 7th through Sunday, uh, through Sunday, December 9, in all of the Twin City stores. Uh, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis. John Hardy Jewelry is handcrafted by artisans in Bali using time-honored techniques. These are going to look great under the tree. Yeah. This is some very different stuff. Uh, plus, their, uh, Moeller is offering special pricing just during this event. As I say, three great <clears throat> stores, all family-operated. They have been for 67 years. Visit them in Edina, St. Paul, downtown Minneapolis, but also go online, a great website, because Moeller always has fancied himself as ahead of the curve when it comes to technology. Yes. Yeah, he thinks he knows what yeah, he's I know, doing. I know. He's got people. It's not uh, <laughs> R.F. Moeller, r.moeller.com, r.moeller.com. You know what's really nice about uh, getting a gift at Moeller for someone? Uh, they wrap it. They wrap it beautifully. And they do a wonderful job. Jerry writes, the reason that the new sex robot, Henry, remember this? We talked about this yesterday. Yes. Oh, Apparently yeah. there's a male sex robot being developed. Right. I, I find that untoward. I find any 
sex robot untoward. Right, not really your style. Bold it, stance. It, it really isn't. I'm not out on much of a limb right. there. There you go. You hear that, people? <laughs> Damn it. I am against. I'm, we're done with this. Let's do something about this. <laughs> yes. The reason that the new sex robot Henry has changed out parts in his swimsuit area is that the producers are hoping for a sponsorship from, wait for it, Snap-on Tools. Hey. <laughs> I got you. Uh, Mike Miller writes, Joe, uh, on the uh, podcast of uh, December 5, you talked about how they want to change freshmen to fresh more. I thought I would tell you about our lovely nanny state right here in Minnesota. I am an electrician, and with most, one of the best days of your career is when you go from an apprentice to a licensed journeyman electrician. Well, a female electrician pointed out to me that my license, which used to say Class A journeyman, now says journey worker. I fear that they will soon change my master electrician title to something less offensive, like supervising gender-neutral electrical worker. I don't think it's a matter of if, but when. Mike Miller of Newmarket. Uh, Tom Wilson, frequent emailer. Interesting that the Freedom From Religion Foundation has no issues with the Satanist statue in the rotunda, or the menorah for that matter. Perhaps in the interest of accuracy, they should change their name to FFORF, Freedom From one religion foundation. Okay. Uh, frequent contributor Downing on the same topic. Let me see if I've got this straight. There are symbols of Christmas and Hanukkah displayed in the Illinois State House because, you know, it's the season. But then the Satanists had to be included to be fair and equal. Never mind that by itself, never mind that by itself should be offensive to Jews and Christians. But then the Satanists come out and say they don't actually believe in Satan or anything supernatural. They pretty much admit that their intent really is just to mock and taunt the Christians and Jews. So isn't that pretty much the same thing as giving equal time to the Aryan nation during the MLK Day program? Wow. Deep thoughts, huh? I'll say. Continue. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of emails. Yeah. I love them. Uh, 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 Lee, regarding your... Uh, Atheist Christmas display discussion. It occurred to me that when anyone takes away a religious display on public or private land, they are supporting the religion of atheists. I mean, any space absent of religion is supporting atheism, right? I am also okay with the satanic display as it shows that there is evil in the world, as if we need to be reminded. I support the display only on the grounds of equality. Personally, I hate the devil and all he stands for. Also, the satanic group said it doesn't believe in any religion, but by acknowledging the devil, they are countering their own logic. Mm. Right? Least out. And last one. Uh, from uh, Dave, in the uh, Hour One podcast from December 5, coverage of the satanic display in the Illinois Capitol grounds, reporting is it what it used to be, as it did not correct or validate the satanic group's claim of the biblical story of the Garden of Even with Garden of Eden with Eve eating from the tree of knowledge. This is a glaring and self-serving omission. Knowledge of what? Adam and Eve had knowledge how to sow and harvest and even name animals, so they clearly already had knowledge of science and biology without eating from the tree. The tree they were forbidden to eat from was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The whole claim that knowledge is something to be pursued is never in doubt in the biblical account, as Adam had already named all the animals before the serpent deceived Eve to touch the forbidden fruit. I hate the serpent. <laughs> you never did like the serpent part I of the story, I like serpents now, especially ones that talk. I hate this apple. We see... <laughs> it we doesn't see, squirt. 
We see Satan as the hero in that story, spreading knowledge, but they are either uninformed or intentionally obscuring what the account really says. The serpent, i.e. Satan, is spreading deception, and through that deception caused humans to have knowledge of good and evil. So it seems the group is rewriting the story that actually establishes their hero. Uh, As an aside, if they don't believe Satan exists, why do they call themselves a satanic group? Good and evil exist in the world, but it seems they wish to deny that. Bob Dole and George H.W. Bush definitely knew there was evil, met evil on the battlefield, and were guided by the knowledge of good and evil in their public service, and we must thank them for choosing good and not the deception. <clears throat> Long-time listener, re-listening to the 12-5 episode at, 25, at, 29, at 29,000 feet flying to Chicago. Hmm. Just another aside, since I downloaded the podcast before I left Louisville, did you know that podcasts have local commercials from where you download? So I know all about the sale at the Ford dealer in Louisville, Kentucky. Fantastic. We'll be back with more. My gosh. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushil. Where to begin? Where to begin? The uh, socialist darling Ocasio Cortez. Mm-hmm. Is it Alexandria? Ale- Alejandra. Uh, she is now uh, uh, believing that it is inevitable that we can use the transition to 100% renewable energy as the vehicle to truly deliver and establish economic, social, and racial justice in the United States of America. This is what I've been suggesting for 10 years. The likes of this young, not very intelligent woman. Alexandria. Her beliefs have nothing to do with the environment. This is the vehicle by which she would bring about her idea of socialism. It has nothing to do with the environment. As a matter of fact, it's not just possible that we will create jobs and economic activity by transitioning to renewable energy, but it's inevitable that we are going to create jobs. It's inevitable that we are going to create industry, and it's inevitable that we can use the transition to a 100% renewable energy as the vehicle to truly deliver and establish economic, social, and racial justice. That is our proposal, and that is what we are here to do, because in the depths of darkness, in the depths of despair— which is what we last saw, you know, when we think about where we were with the New Deal. Was just, uh, What in the God's name is she? So that's an admission that what the likes of her are up to has nothing to do with the environment and has everything to do with a complete transformation of capitalism and free markets. Let's turn to her comrade in arms. Okay. Bernie Sanders, who was a hypocritical Ernie. fraud. Bernie. Just what, a fraud. Where is he going? Where is, what's he doing now? We haven't heard from him. Well, I guess we are about to. Well, he's so concerned about climate change that he spent three hundred grand on private air travel in October so he could speak to audiences in nine battleground states <laughs> prior to November's midterm elections. Nice. Three hundred grand on private airplane travel. Break him up. The independent senator from Vermont also used the opportunity to test the waters for his own presidential run, in which he would uh, share Ocasio-Cortez's belief, although he would he might be able to state it, uh, 
He might be able to disguise it better than she does. Mm -hmm. uh, but his belief, too, is this has nothing to do with the environment. This is a chance for us to advance Marxism. That's always what this has been about. And the environment is the last refuge of these scoundrels. And this moron, this hypocritical fraud, spent three hundred grand in October flying around in private airplanes. Sanders' 2018 campaign committee issued an October 10 payment of $297,685 to New York-based Apollo Jets, a charter jet company used by retired sports stars Derek Jeter and Shaquille O'Neal, according to a federal campaign report obtained by vtdigger.org, a watchdog news site in Vermont. This expense was for transportation for the senator's nine-day, nine-state tour to support Democratic candidates up and down the ballot. Ahead of Election Day, said Arianna Jones, senior communications advisor for Friends of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> this cost covered the entirety of the tour from Indiana, Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Carolina, Colorado, Nevada, Arizona, California, and back to Vermont, Jones continued. The senator participated in 25 events. She's saying this like she's happy about it. But this fraud is the one that's going to tell you that you can't burn fossil fuels. How do you think the jet got around? A couple of hamsters right. on a treadmill right, in right. there? <laughs> Joe, uh, Jones said the charter jets were necessary so Anders could campaign for candidates and get back to Vermont to join the state Democratic Party's campaign efforts. Well, of course they're necessary when you're the self-appointed virtuous. It's you, Matthew Mikulski, mm -hmm. who shouldn't fly. But I, Bernie yeah, Sanders, I I'm way more enlightened than you are. I'm getting the word out to people. <laughs> the Sanders campaign purchased nearly $5,000 in carbon offsets to balance out the emissions produced from the travel. B as in B, S as in S. Uh, during this month of October, Bernie uh, tweeted out, climate change is a planetary crisis. Our task is clear. We must take on the fossil fuel industry that's largely responsible for global emissions and accelerate our transition toward energy efficiency and sustainable energy sources, which is a code language for we are in the midst of truly attempting to undo capitalism and free markets. He can't, he's, he's, he's among those and this would be true of all of us listening, I hope, you have to add him to your list of he cannot preach to you. He's disqualified. 300 grand? He's disqualified. Now you go here. The Star Tribune, a, a, a typical of news-gathering organizations, is not going to pass up any a chance uh, to, co uh, to continue uh, to claim that calamity awaits us. But don't forget, they'll have a lavish and a really good travel section Sunday. Huh. I don't know how you're supposed to spend 36 hours in Lima, Peru. I guess you have to take a donkey. <laughs> but I just circled some of the language in today's latest histrionics. Okay. It's a front page story. Uh, most the St. Paul paper didn't even have it. The Wall Street Journal didn't feature it as a front page story because there's nothing new in it. The headline is Global Emissions Rising Fast. Quote, we are in deep trouble. And it's a Washington Post piece. The global, this is the lead. Global emissions of carbon dioxide have reached the highest levels on record, scientists projected Wednesday. In other words, they can't even establish it as a fact. <clears throat> right. Projection. It's projected. They're guessing. I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be today. Do you? 
uh, warmer, but I think it's only about 19. I meant to look at something. At the temperature? No, I just meant to look at something. Well, if you're wondering, the current temperature, as of right now, here in the Twin Cities is 18. Palm Desert, California. Yeah. Where I love to go. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be, but it's 53 degrees in Palm Desert, California. Santa Fe, New Mexico, it's 43. San Diego, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's 62. Oh, God. I thought it was always 76 and sunny in mm -hmm. San Diego. Love that city. Mm-hmm. Bonita Springs, Florida, I don't know what the temperature is supposed to be, but it's 74. That yeah. sounds about right, doesn't yeah. it? Delightful. Yeah. Uh, in any event, uh, we're, we're in deep trouble, and, the, and this is according to a science projection. Uh, record high of 37.1 billion tons of carbon dioxide per year. I'm just highlighting the, uh, the histrionics. Uh, we are in trouble. We are in deep trouble with climate change. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres said this week at the opening of the 24th annual UN Climate Conference where countries will wrestle with the ambitious goals they need to meet. This is the same story that got printed a couple days ago. There's nothing new in this story. It is hard to overstate the urgency of our situation. Even as we witness devastating climate impacts causing havoc across the world, we are still not doing enough. Uh, his words be, uh, came amid a litany of grim news in the fall, which scientists have warned that the effects of climate change are no longer distant and hypothetical and said that the impacts of global warming will only intensify. In October, a top UN-backed scientific panel found that nations have barely a decade to take unprecedented actions. I don't believe that. We've been told 10 years for about 30 years now. Right. What did Stephen Moore tell us uh, yesterday? That this is yet another study that, that will be proven wrong. What else did I claim? Oh, we have to prevent the worst consequences of climate change. The panel's report found no documented historic precedent for the rapid changes to the infrastructure of society. Uh, well, you know, there is the fact that it used to be an ice age. 10,000 years ago. What change? What was the reason for that change? Uh, SUVs. Uh, negotiators uh, face the difficult task of coming to terms with the gap between the promises they made in Paris in 2015. What's happening right now in Paris? Unrest. Riots. The rubber met the road. The ruling came down from the salon, was put into effect, and the people of France are rejecting it because they can't afford it. It affects their families and it affects their livelihood. And Macron has completely backed off. First, he said he would uh, delay the tax, and that wasn't good enough. Uh, the protests continue. They will continue. And now the tax has been completely taken off the table. So at the site of the signing of the Paris Accord, which Trump, which is well, I'll always be thankful that Trump did not sign it, because he instinctively right. knows this is B as in B, S as in S. I don't know if he... I hope he instinctively knows what the likes of Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez are really up to. I, I'm sure he does know what they're really up to. But at the site of the signing of the Paris Accord, the Yellow Vest rioters have taken to the streets because when push comes to shove, they can't afford it. And they're realizing that way too late. Uh, Wednesday's research makes clear the intimidating math behind the shift that scientists say is required. Again, it's another story that offers no evidence of anything except projections. 
Since when did projections become a, a, a final tally, something we can bank on? You know, one guy emailed me and said, uh, you know, you were wondering uh, among the hysterical claims is that, is that it's 1.8 degrees warmer now than it was 100 years ago. And I'm not even sure I believe that. But let's say it is. I, my, my initial reaction to that was, so what? Would you rather live today or 100 years ago? And a guy emailed me and said, want to live today or 100 years ago? Today, modern dentistry. <laughs> That's one reason to really. <laughs> modern dentistry. Modern dentistry. Oh, God bless it. Just a minute here. You got more coming up. Well, folks, one click away from hope, more huh? garage. You better hope. Oh, I know. I know for sure. I know that for sure. Go to garagelogic.com. Check it out. Greg Holcomb's new latest creation. He does a really good job. And if you haven't seen him, garagelogic.com. Click on the features icon in the GL Comics. Also, check out what's on Joe's bookshelf in the author's corner. And don't forget to rate us on Apple, uh, iTunes. Yes, rate us each and every time. We'd like your feedback. You're one click away from more Garage Logic podcast version.